that is the beautiful part of being in midlife and of moving into empty nester is that instead of holding on to the sad part and the end and the change, because it is an end and a change, it, it can be, it gets to be where you face those fears and jump out of your comfort zone and create a whole you. And it's amazing. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. I have been talking to our guest for like half an hour. <laughs> She's so cool. We're going to have a great conversation though today because uh, matter of fact, this topic, I don't think I've talked about it on the show in a long time. And it's uh, more about filling your soul with an empty nest. Ooh, I like that. If somebody, somebody write that down. That was, that, that would be a good book title. <laughs> All right. Today's guest is Kristen, wait, Spets. Kristen Spets. She is a multi-passionate author, spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, and sound healer. I need you. She facilitates restoration and evolution for high achieving women so that they can bridge the gap between outer success and inner peace. Oh, don't we all want that? As a mom of two boys in college, she is passionate about empowering moms through the stage of kids flying the nest. As a lifelong learner, Kristen holds an MBA in finance. She is a certified professional coach and has over 500 hours of training in yoga, breathwork, meditation, and more. Her broad experiences in the corporate world, the stay-at-home mom world, and entrepreneurship combined with her passion for personal growth help others unlock their potential and design their life in the alignment with the vision of their heart and soul. Her work includes her writing, international women-only retreats, signature coaching programs, and workshops for both individuals and companies. Kristen, you're a busy, busy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. You know, we have a lot in common because I got certified in yoga in uh, Danielle Laporte's desire map, Louise, Hey, heal your life. I mean, I was a certification junkie. Yes. But don't you feel like all of those certifications, I don't know, for me at the time when I was getting the certifications, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just going to do it. It was more for my own personal evolution But little did I know that I'd be doing what I'm doing now and it was to help others. Yes, absolutely. I do. I think it, 
opens this door. It's, you know, those of us that get in that uh, stream of wanting to learn all, from all of these amazing teachers, right? And they're yeah. teaching us such beautiful personal development and spiritual development. And it opens all these doors. And then you're like, oh, I want to know about this. I and know. About this. And at some point in time, it also becomes, okay, I actually just need to like integrate this and yep. embody this and be this person. Yep. And so, yes, I, and I actually think it coincides so well with midlife, right? Because we yeah. hit this point of like, wait a minute, like so many things are changing and who am I now? And I think that it actually like calls to a lot of us of trying to figure that out, like looking for those answers. Midlife sneaks up on you. The, the, I mean, between the menopause and the kids leaving the nest and just everything is changing and it all happens so fast. Like, wait, I just, I feel like just yesterday I was packing lunches for the kids (laughs) Yes. I, yes. Like, I was trying to decide what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Like what happened? You right. Know? I know. And I like, I think our brain is so interesting, right? Because when we're in that stage, like when you become yeah. a mom, that is its own huge transition. And mm. like, yes, of course there could be more support for that, but we did at least know to like go to mommy and me groups and yeah. like we sought out those mm-hmm. things and we were so tired and we were like, oh my gosh, I can't make another dinner. And ha- this is like so hard because it's so repetitive. Yeah. And then you get to the stage where they're leaving the nest. Yep. And you're not prepared in a yeah. different way, right? There isn't mm-hmm. like, there's no mommy and me groups yeah. <laughs> for empty nesting, right? And it brings yeah. up the same fear. So our brains, when the kids were little are like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I did this right. And then they're yep. leaving the nest and it's like, oh my gosh, I still don't know if I did this right. Right. And in addition, who am I? Who yep. am I now? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, we're preparing them to leave the nest, but we're not preparing ourselves with right. the empty nest. Who prepares us? Right. Exactly. Now. But you do actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What did you struggle with the most with the empty nest? Yeah. You know, I, I think some of it, so I was going through so many of these certifications as I started to see my friends with older kids Yeah, and watching them go through the kids starting to fly the nest Mm -hmm. and the, the very, the huge variation of reactions, right? Like there is that, like, amazing like unicorn friend who's like excited about it and oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) that was me I'm like (laughs) and it's so great to like see that like positive spin on it and then there's other friends who are like stuck in their bed and are so sad and can't move and crying for days and like even crying for months like struggling when the kids come home at Thanksgiving and leave again when they come home at the holidays and leave again and so I started to put that together of, I think that this work that I'm doing on myself, mm-hmm. helping me process this better. Yep. I think that I'm building a resilience in my mindset and building a resilience in my nervous system mm-hmm. so that, that yes, when you see the bittersweet moments of senior year and all the lasts and yep. And the, you know, 
super sad moment of like dropping them off at the dorm room for the first time. Yeah. You're not. I realized that the practices I was doing would help me get through all of those and handle the emotions correctly. Right. Like I don't like the idea of spiritually bypassing and saying like, oh, it isn't sad or it isn't whatever. I think it's so important to build this nervous system strength, which you do through a variety of mindfulness practices. It's not just like one magic fix tool, right? It is building a toolkit so that as you go through this big transition, which then it also builds your ability to go through all the rest of the transitions because life is a constant change, right? So it isn't just sending the kids off. It's also dealing with the aging parents. It's also answering the question of who am I now and what's next for me. And those come to you when you calm your nervous system, when you're in touch with your inner wisdom. Yeah. And I think a lot of it uh, is is about the self-care. It's about finally taking care of yourself because of course, as moms, we're taking care of everybody else. And then we'll get to us one day. And then that's when the day comes. It's like, okay, girl, it's time to start taking care of yourself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that the, the, w- the habit we get into yeah. is that because we're so busy with the kids when they're younger and throughout yeah. their lives, all the different stages, we even put a guilt on ourselves, right? Yeah. Like, yes, there might be guilt from our partners, from, um, you know, maybe the generation above us of like, oh, it must be nice to go on that girl's trip. Um, you know, or like just little <laughs> messages that you hear yep. that sit with you of like, this is indulgent, this is selfish. And so the first part is like reframing those thoughts because mm-hmm. number one, you did take care of everyone else for so long. And yes, now you might have to be taking care of your aging parents and things like that. But there is more time. So that time when you yes. were so busy the kids when they were little that you were like, oh, I just wish I had some freedom. You do actually have it, but your mind might me might be telling you that you don't, right? Yep. <laughs> but when you prioritize all the different levels of self-care, like working out and eating healthy, of course that is foundational. And yes, you've got to start with that. But there is another, the next level of self-care that yes, includes mindfulness things like breath work and meditation. It also includes the fun stuff, the things that our judgmental brain might want to say is indulgent. But when we prioritize the dance class, the dance party in the kitchen, when we prioritize a massage or Mm -hmm. things that are actually fun, that bring us pleasure and passion, that is the actual self-care that we need to show up with energy and happiness and fulfillment and joy. Yep. Well, you, you said that very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even for me, I, looking back when my nest was emptying and yes, I was kind of like, I was a blend of the two. I was the unicorn that was excited that the nest was emptying. At the same time, I was also scared 
And I was going through like just a total shit storm. I mean, between divorce and debt and my brother dying, it was like one thing after another. And I was like, went through the first depression of my life. So I was excited and scared. I'd like, I was just an absolute mess. But what I realized is that I could no longer make excuses for myself anymore. Even busyness, even the, the even the busy mom thing was an excuse. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm busy. I got to do this. Got to do that. I got to take care of that. And yeah. really underneath it all, it was an excuse for me to not shine. Because yeah. once the kids are out of the nest, it's like, okay, whether it's you and your partner or it's just you, it's like, now what? You do actually have more time to be able to do those things that you've always wanted to do. And I know you and I were talking about Marianne Williamson, but you know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. And I was so terrified of my light. I was more terrified of my light than I was of my darkness. I was like, Oh shit. Like I really have got to put myself out in the world now because I don't have any more excuses. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. The Marianne Williamson quote that resonated with me when I read it in like (laughs) 94, whenever Return to Love or Illuminata came out. And I don't remember which book the quote's from, but it's the the question of who am I to shine my light? And the next part being, who are you not to? And that stopped me in my tracks because I very much in my (laughs) 20s, and my my life was a people pleaser and not wanting to rock the boat and <laughs> like yep. oh shining my light that sounds it's so scary right it yep. really is and so that is the beautiful part of yeah. being in midlife and of moving into empty nester is that instead of holding on to the sad part and the end yeah. and the change because it is an end and a change it can be, it gets to be where you face those fears and jump out of your comfort zone and create yep. a whole new you. And right. it's amazing. It's so exciting. And then you don't have to hold the, or carry any guilt or shame because you're taking away from your children. Like, no, your kids are doing their thing. They're out yeah. there. You know, the birdies have left the nest, let them go like create their own lives. Now you can really concentrate on yourself, your purpose and whatever makes you happy. And I yeah. find that, I mean, I'm still discovering more and more of what makes me happy. And I, I feel, I mean, I look at life as like a, a buffet. I've talked about this analogy on the show before, right? But you go to the buffet, you sample what you want, see what you like, see what you don't like. And the cool thing is, again, you do have more time in your day. You do have... Uh, more energy, hopefully, like <laughs> you got the menopause under control, right? But yeah, so it's like go sample things in life, whether it, it whatever, do a drum circle on the beach, um, go like even actually just make lists of things. Or if you it, sometimes like just looking on Instagram, you see people doing so many cool things I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to write that down. You never know. Maybe I'll go to Thailand someday and go to retreat, whatever, you know but really just start to explore 
like different things that you can do, even if it's just whatever, starting a book club with your friends. It doesn't have to be anything exotic or extreme. You can do simple little things that can really feed your soul. Absolutely. I love that so much. And I think it is that message of giving yourself permission to be a beginner, because I think that's also this like background, you know, inner critic Mm -hmm. story of, oh, but other people have already been doing this for years. And why would I start something now? And I think it's just giving yourself permission. Like it's okay to start and it's okay to not be an expert yet. And switch your question from like, well, what if I'm terrible at that? It's like, what if I'm great at it? What yeah. if I just to like do it for a while and I'm going to be amazing at it? Yeah. And if you try it and you don't like it, that's okay. Give yourself permission to pivot. Yes. Like you don't have, you're yes. not stuck with something. I think that's what's different because in your twenties and thirties, and even in maybe like early forties, you felt like, okay, I took on this job. I've got to like, all right, I have to provide, I got to do all these things. And okay, I'm going to have to be stuck with this for a while. And sometimes in midlife, like you've got a little bit of buffer to where you can go, okay, I gave that a shot. I'm not digging on it. Pivot. Like, why not? You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I've said this on the show plenty of times before, but my ex-husband died at the age of 26. My brother died at the age of 49. Like you, they barely, my brother definitely, man, like he, my ex-husband barely got to midlife, right? Not at all. Not even halfway to the halfway point. And my brother was just like getting going on midlife. So you don't know. Life is short. Just try something. You never know like what you might find and then let that go, like take its course and just see where, where it leads you. Yes. I actually, so, um, when you said the, in the beginning in my bio of the bridging that gap between outer inner peace, I do think it's so important. The inner peace actually comes from trying on different things. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to give yourself permission to have fun, to enjoy your life, to seek out things that you've always wanted to try. And yep. and it's totally and completely fine if that's not your path. I That's, I think, yep. an interesting thing about the purpose question, right? Like that comes up so much in midlife of like, what is my purpose now? Especially for yep. the empty nesters, like, you know, the purpose, purpose, purpose. And I think the answer to that can be that the journey is the purpose yep. and that you want to proactively move yourself out of feeling like you don't know and train your nervous system to allow yourself to give yourself permission to go for things. Yeah. In my forties, I was like, so focused on what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And I cannot make a move until it just pops in my head. And I know my purpose. I'm like, it's not going to happen. And I finally was like, I just got to start doing, I just like whatever pops in my mind that I feel like, okay, that this, this might lead me to something and then to another and to another, just go for it. Yes. And you you just, you'll never know what you'll discover about yourself. And I, and I love what you said too. It's not like, and looking back at my life, I think I was trying to, to capture that or 
to attain that peace within myself before I made moves. But it is in making the moves and taking the action that I discovered the peace and happiness. It's almost like you wake up and go, oh shit, I'm actually pretty happy. You know, like, and I wasn't trying to get to happiness. I was just doing, I was just trying to fill things that would make me happy. And then, oh, little do you know, it just. Right. Yes. Because that is such a story and a fear, I think, in empty nesting that there is unhappiness because the kids have moved on, but they're out on the next adventure of their life. And that is the best parenting success story that we all wanted, right? (laughs) Yes. that's the success of life is they're, they've flown the nest, they're doing their thing and yep. we're so happy for them. And the sadness is that it's like breaking our heart a little bit because a piece of our heart is out in the world and honor that and recognize that and nurture that because that opens up this whole other world of like, they're off on their new adventure. We get to be on our new adventure too. Yep. And when we have checked in with ourselves nurtured the parts that are sad because those parts of us obviously need to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And that's what lets us move into trying on all the hats, doing the thing. It opens up the way that we can find enjoyment, happiness, and that leads to inner peace. That's where it is. Yep. And you know what? I mean, I find that my kids enjoy seeing me happy and seeing me putting myself out there. (laughs) Even if I'm dancing on Instagram, they're like, there she goes again. (laughs) But you know what? You're also, you're showing your children. Yes. This is what it means to be an empowering woman and to shine your light. And, and that, that's, that means a lot. And I find I've become a better mother after they have left the nest. Yes. I feel like I'm, I'm more like, I mean, right. I mean, we'll always be their mother, but you kind of become this friend. You're, I find them calling me more often now for advice Mm -hmm. and, or if they're having a bad day and Mm -hmm. that's, that's really, really rewarding. It really is that that is the magic of the identity shift in parenting of empty nesting is that it becomes more of this advisor role and, and friend role. And to, to see them not only like figure out adult life on their own, but to know that they see you as a yeah. trusted advisor that they're coming back to that, that that you're a safe place to land it's such a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment yeah. and yeah that's what i would love all your listeners who are like in the middle of it of like no it's actually it can be really amazing and it can it gives you space to be like oh this is how i can really yeah hold that. Which actually, that's one quick little piece of advice that I would love to share with your audience that um, is good for parenting teens, but it's good for all relationships, right? Is that when someone is venting to you, especially your kids that have flown the nest, is to ask them when they're venting, are you looking for my advice and opinion on this? Mm -hmm. Or do you just want me to listen and you just Mm -hmm. want to vent? 
And that has helped me so much in my conversations with my college kids, because a lot of times their answer is, I'm just venting. They don't want my advice. And that cuts off the annoyance, right? They get so annoyed when we're giving advice that they weren't actually asking for. And it builds more trust in this long distance parenting relationship. Yep. You're exactly right. And you know, it's different now with having an empty nest compared to our moms when they had an empty nest is basically what you and I are doing right now is you can FaceTime, you can Zoom with your kids. I mean, obviously with me being in Portugal and I have one kid in California, then another in Arizona and another in Virginia. I mean, we, we actually have more quality conversations now, the four of us, than we did when you know, running around the house and what's for dinner. Let me take you to soccer practice. And I, you know what I mean? And and they're good, good, solid quality adult conversations. I learned so much from them too. It's, it's so neat to, uh, to, to kind of step back and take a, and watch them, watch them grow and evolve and allow them to like, it's hard, right? Like I was never one of those helicopter parents. I was like, okay, I'm going to let you fall on the floor and let you figure out how to get back up. You know, as much as I I know I can just help you. But even now as adults, like, it's really interesting to see them, you know, like it's, it's hard to see them struggle at times where you're like, you can provide encouragement and inspiration and tell them like, yes, you can do this. I mean, the same way we have to do with ourselves. Yes. Yes. Right. It is. I actually like that's such a good point that as we learn to parent our kids from afar, it's it's also teaching ourselves how to like kind of parent ourselves. Right. We have this observer part of our brain and being and soul that it's like, okay, we can parent ourselves by prioritizing the foundational self-care prioritizing that next level self-care, prioritizing an uplifting community, because that is such an important part of empty nesting. You know, the whole, we don't have the mommy and me groups. Well, when you go out and intentionally design this new life for yourself, you will automatically foster the community with the people that you want to be spending time with. Exactly. I had this conversation the other day with my best friend and she's like, and she was always someone that she was everybody's friend. She had tons and tons of friends. And she's like, you know what? I find that my circle is getting smaller, but I don't mind it. And you're, because there are some things, you know, there are some friends you might've had, you had different um, likes and there were things that you had in common and that's why you, and then sometimes it changes. And I mean, I, some of my, my friendships faded away. And that was mm-hmm. totally okay. Totally. And yeah. I kind of think of it like, uh, well, since I'm a cook, but like, it's like when you're, when you're boiling uh sauce, right? Like a wine, you know, you're making like a wine reduction and you boil it down and boil it down until finally it gets into this nice, good, yummy sauce. And that's what I kind of look at it. Like, I'm like, I'm just like reducing, I'm getting a little nice wine reduction here, you know? <laughs> I love that yeah. analogy so much. Yes, that is yeah. exactly what we're doing. Like we get to create this really like rich, textured, in-depth yeah. 
community that yes, yes. might be smaller, mm-hmm. but oh, it's so much better. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So tell me about your book. Yes. So my book is called Design to Shine. Ooh, well, little- or here, hold it up because the people that oh. are watching on uh, YouTube, they can see it. Fabulous. Thank you. Designed to Shine, Living Intentionally to Discover Your Inner Light. Oh, I love it. And it really is a perfect book for your audience because I'm writing from the perspective of me of, you know, yes, there's some stories from my childhood, but it's marriage and it's raising kids. And it's really a personal development and spiritual life coaching book Mm -hmm. that was such an interesting journey to go on because so I decided for my 50th birthday, I wrote a bucket list. I did the 50 things when you're turning 50. I'm like, what's the bucket list? <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm gonna write a book. And of course, the Marion William thought jumps in my head of like, who am I to do that? Right? Like, why are you <laughs> yeah, writing a book? Yeah. So I enrolled in some online courses to figure out how to do it. I did Gabby Bernstein's course, which we talked about, love her so much. And opened up this whole next level personal development journey, right? Because you really do have to learn how to get out of your own way to step into that comfort zone, to be the future version of yourself so that you're writing every day and you're standing in the confidence of, I can say these things. I am a spiritual thought leader. I am a generational pattern breaker. I can share these stories and uplift other people with them and teach them the tools within this book to do that. So I didn't even know that I was going to break it up almost into a body, mind, soul perspective. But as I wrote, that's what it turned out to be. So Mm. I talk about a lot of the practices that have changed my life which include meditation, breath work, gratitude practices, journaling, grounding, the whole nature and all of that. So that's like the body section. Then there's the mindset section because truly mindset work is where all this starts, right? You really want to learn to reframe your thoughts and change your perspective. And that is what carries us through letting midlife be amazing. Yep. And then the last part of the book is really a like in touch with your heart and soul and that that is where true fulfillment and joy and happiness comes from is this success of the soul. So yep. that's yeah, the book. mindset piece I have found that's been the, the most important piece for me that changed my life because I always say that your mind will either be your best friend or your worst enemy, your cheerleader or your critic. And until you really pay attention to that voice, that ticker tape of thoughts going across in your mind, like that's where it starts. It is actually like catching when you say something crappy about yourself or even something crappy about somebody else or about your life or, oh, I should have done this or wah, 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 you know, like we all do it. And yes. I still, even this morning, I caught myself like, eh, eh. I was like, oh my God, that's enough. Like, <laughs> right. Like you have to stop that and you have to, to shift that perspective. You have to change that thought and 
And really, like, how would you talk to your best friend? Like, what would you say to yourself? Like, replace that with something positive and loving. And you, you do. You become your own best friend. You become your own coach, your own teacher. And, and you guide yourself. And I, I want to say, though, I love, like, what you, your steps that you took to actually to start writing the book, like simply just sitting down, you know, your uh, for your 50th and going, what am I going to do? Like writing out a bucket list and going, hmm, maybe I'll write a book. Let me do a little bit of research and figure out how the heck you write a book. And you just went boom, boom, boom. You don't have to have the full clear thing all figured out. You don't, you don't. Like, I think sometimes, I mean, for me, as I've always been such a planner, like if I didn't have the whole thing completely figured out. I just wouldn't do it at all. And instead yes. it's like, well, okay, I'll figure it out as you go along. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. And it's in the doing that, yep. that that's where this happiness, the up level in energy, the yep. fulfillment, that's where it comes from. It's just taking the little steps of not having to know exactly yeah. how it's going to work, just taking steps and making it yep. happen. There's so much enjoyment in that. Yeah. And if you, if you're scared, totally okay. Like I, I'm scared all the time and I just leave. I'm like, oh, the heck with it. Like, just go for it. I mean, when I quit my corporate job and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy an RV and travel the country. I didn't know how the hell to drive an RV. I didn't know like anything, but I figured it out. And you, yeah. that actually is the more that it's so rewarding, even as tiny as it is of like, okay, I found this course that I'm going to sign up for, and then I'll figure out how to write a book or whatever. Like those tiny little steps, you'll, you build that courage and then yes. that helps you to kind of take the next one and the next one and the next one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to circle that back to doing the bucket list. I think it's yeah. a great thing to do, you know, at instead of like new year's resolutions, like write a bucket list instead of like, even if it's like quarterly or monthly do, you know, five bucket list ideas. That is such a powerful thing because the other way that you can get in your way is that you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And maybe someone takes the action to sign up for a course of figuring out how do I write a book? And then they don't finish it. Yep. And the way to honor yourself and to really Mm -hmm like follow through on whether or not this is something you want is to have that bucket list and to see it, to have it in a place like either a journal and your nightstand, if you want it like out, maybe on the mirror in your closet or something, you know, there's places where you can remind yourself of like, oh, this would be really cool to make this happen. And I actually really do want to figure it out. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, giving yourself permission to be like, oh, I tried on that hat and that is not for me. Yeah. (laughs) But I do think writing lists is so powerful because it's moving it from your brain to paper and giving you the ability to see it over and over. Yep. And I've always said midlife is great for a lot of reasons, but you're, you're old enough to know what worked and what did not work, what you like and what you don't like. And, but you're still young enough to do something about it. Yes. Plenty of time left. You got 50, like if you're 50, you know, you got 50 more years to go. If you follow the blue zones, no, 
Yes. <laughs> yes. We have 50 more years to go, which is so cool. Like, <laughs> exactly. So yes. you have a podcast too, right? I do. So I have two versions of a podcast. So for people who would like to listen to just a three episode private podcast, that is available as a download. It is for the empty nester crowd. So I did this three episode podcast, just speaking to the empty nesters and navigating your way through it and empowering you through it. So there's a three episode private podcast. I also have a podcast that I haven't recorded on in a while, but it's just 25 episodes of me. So it's a lot of life coaching tips, designing your life, how to prioritize self-care and gratitude and all the things that we've mentioned. So it's really timeless messages. And um, both of those you can find on my website through the podcast link. Oh, awesome. And then how do we get a copy of your awesome book coming out? Yeah. So it is going to be available in all of the places that you can buy them. <laughs> so uh, again, it, you'll, you can find it directly on Amazon on my website. I have a link directly to Amazon and all the other bookstores of where you might want to buy it. Um, so yes. I was going to say too earlier when you're holding your book up, there was a word that really stood out to me. And it was, uh, I think if I remember correctly, was intentional. Isn't that in the subtitle? Intentional. Yes, living intentionally to discover. Yeah, that is key right there. It's to live intentionally. Not we're just like flopping all over the place, which happens a lot. I don't know, but like as a mom and trying to raise (laughs) three kids and I was running businesses, I was like, well, if I look back at like a a movie of me, like in fast forward motion, I probably would have been just all over. Not like, what are you doing? I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like it's living intentionally, like really thinking things through, not thinking things, thinking things through. Let me change that. Feeling things through. Matter of fact, speaking of retreats, I was, yeah, total retreat junkie. Um, But I attended a retreat in San Diego, Deepak Chopra. And I'll never forget, he had said, he goes, you have to feel your way through life. And I was like, feel your way through life. I was like, what does that mean? But then it just, I kept thinking about the rest of the day. I was like, yeah, feel your way through life. And I started to tap more into my heart. Like anything that I wanted to do, I was like, how does this feel to me? Like, is this something I really want to do? So I don't know. I think it's important for people out there listening. If you're thinking of making a pivot or trying different things out in your life, just tap into your heart and see how it feels. Yes, exactly. That, so a super easy practice Mm -hmm. to do that is to take a very slow, deep inhale. So just like when we told our kids to take a deep breath when they were freaking out about something. (laughs) If you close your eyes and put your hand on your heart and really like actually empty all the way out your natural breath and pull your Mm -hmm. belly button back and then take a deep inhale from the base of your spine and pull it all the way up to the top of your head. And as you exhale, let that all focus on your heart. Mm. And if you do that, if you just decide to sit for two minutes and try to keep that slow breath in practice, you will open yourself up to answers. You'll open yourself up to listening to your heart, to discovering the intentions Mm -hmm. of your heart. 
it's such an easy practice and it's such a gift to give ourselves two minutes to tap in and do that. Yep. And for people out there that are worried about uh, making the wrong move or making a mistake, I don't believe in mistakes. I believe in retakes. Yes. So I'd say just if it keeps popping up in your mind, it's something that you want to do, go for it, see where it, where it takes you and then make a move, a different move if you need to. Totally okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just have fun. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Have fun, Megan. Fun is the key. We all need to have more fun around here. Absolutely do. <laughs> so your website, uh, what's your website? It's kristinspetz.com. Oh, say, okay. And it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-V-E-T-S. Exactly. Yes. Yep. And then I'll leave all the links in the show notes. And this has been great. Thank you so much. It has. It's been so much fun <laughs> sticking on the fun theme. I'm, yeah. I really love that you have created this conversation and this community. It's so Thank important you. to yeah. get this message out and have a vehicle for women to know that midlife gets to be great. Oh, and gosh, they the are in control of yeah. creating mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Midlife is the best. Yeah. If I'd known it was going to be this good, I was like, man, I would have rushed. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get there first. Thank you yeah. so much, Kristen. And thank you, thank everyone, you. for listening today. And have an awesome day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, You can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.